And the story is made famous uh, through our Sunday school uh, storytelling. Jonah was a contemporary of Amos, and he prophesied during the prosperous reign of Jeroboam II. And Jonah was only one of the four prophets whom Jesus mentioned during his ministry. The other three are Isaiah, Daniel, and Zechariah. So these are the four people whom Jesus mentioned in his ministry among the prophets in the, from the Old Testament. Jesus actually identified himself with the prophet's three-day stopover in the belly of the great fish, uh, noting it as a foreshadowing of his own death. When Jesus would spend three days and three nights on the earth before his resurrection, according to Matthew 12, verses 39 to 41. He is mentioned, Prophet Jonah is mentioned in 2 Kings chapter 14, verses 23 to 25, where he prophesies during the reign of Jeroboam II. The chapters, uh, there are four chapters and it could be divided like this in a beautiful way. One and three, or uh, we can uh, talk about uh, Jonah's prayer or dealing, sorry, Jonah's dealing with the pagan people, one and three. And two and four talks about Jonah's prayer. Through the story about a rebellious prophet, we are able to see a loving, a compassionate, and a patient God. Before we learn some important uh, truths from the book of Jonah, I wanted to scan through the book of Jonah. I'm sure we are all very familiar with the story. And uh, we all know it in a very nutshell. And as I began to uh, study this book of Jonah, it was uh, really amazing, you know, that I could learn so much uh, that has really enriched my heart uh, knowing how much God loves, God cares, uh, and how much God is patient with his people. And I want to do, uh, uh, it was patient and faithful to his people. Uh, first one I wanted to go through is Jonah's rebellion. We have seen our children refusing to do something when we tell them to do it. And sometimes even we have done that when we were young and even now uh, we, 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 we are told not to do and we do it sometimes. Have you ever heard of a servant of God rebelling openly against God and was angry with God? on his face and tells God, so I'm angry at you. Nowhere in the Bible you will find except in Jonah's life. Jonah did it. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. You can see that map there uh, to preach to the people of Nineveh, the Assyrian uh, country, the capital of Assyria, approximately uh, about 1,170 kilometers, that's 550 miles. But instead, he travels from, instead of going east, he goes west. It's about 2,500 miles or approximately 4,830 4, kilometers to Tarshish. That's his intention. Let me go far away. God is telling me to go. I will go four times away from where God tells me to go. And he was none other than a prophet, a person who had heard from God. And initially, Bible does not tell us why he was choosing to, choosing to go west instead of going east. Instead of traveling 550 miles, he traveled 2,500 
uh, miles. And uh, we find that the Bible tells us why he was so angry and later he had great bitterness for the Assyrians. So did not want to go to Nineveh to preach to them. What in case they repent? The Ninevites were powerful people, the powerful city, and not only that, wicked people. Uh, Jonah grew up seeing their violence and ruthlessness against their enemies and all the, all the threatening that they had against their own people, Israel. And uh, in this prophecy against Nineveh, Prophet Nahum mentions the following. Uh, he says that they plotted evil against God, Nahum 1.9. They exploited the helpless, Nahum 2.12. And they were barbaric cruelty in war, Nahum 2, uh, 12 to 13. And also they practiced idolatry, prostitution, witchcraft, Nahum 3.4. Nahum is another prophet who prophesied against Nineveh later. But these, this was the lifestyle of the people of Nineveh. And uh, Jonah knew it very well. And he did not want it to see the people of Nineveh repenting and receiving God's forgiveness and living. He wanted them to die. He was disobedient to God and angry with God because God told him to go and tell about forgiveness to your enemies. And he did not want his enemies to receive God's forgiveness and mercy. He was a prophet, but a man with anger, sad, bitterness. He was angry. He was sad. He, was, he had hatred in his heart. He rebelled in his heart. He was disobedient. And also because of all this, he was running away from God. And his rebellion took him in the opposite direction. And uh, he runs into trouble when he goes in the boat or the ship sailing to Tarshish, he gets into trouble. There's a storm and a wind. And let me tell you, God was behind it. Jonah 1 and verse 12, the Bible says, he tells, pick me up and throw me into the sea. He was so hard hearted, he didn't want to go. And when the storm came, he realized, yes, God is trying to get at me, but instead I would rather die than God having his way in my life. That was the hard hearted uh, uh, hard-heartedness of this prophet. But instead, the pagans, the sailors, are kinder than Jonah, and they tried to save him, but could not because the, they cast lots, and they found out that Jonah was the reason, and uh, he was asked the question, and then finally, he was thrown into the sea. Sometimes Jonah's feelings make sense for us. Sometimes we also are in the same boat. But disobeying God does not make sense. Overall, it does not profit us. And uh, remember that uh, Jonah was going in the opposite direction and he was also paying a price to go in the opposite direction. He went down, paid a fare to go. Yes, it always cost us, you know, to run away from God. It cost us everything. And uh, the cost is too huge for us to pay and uh, we will always be debtors. And uh, it is shocking, how can a man who can hear from God do this? This rebellion is in the heart of every one of us, not only in the heart of Jonah. Shameful, but 
true, shameful but true. Years of bitterness has taken the toll on Jonah. He has grown up seeing all the violence and all the hatred and all the evil the people of Nineveh were doing against God's people. And Jonah was unable to bear it. He grew up maybe harboring one day these people should be destroyed. One day I wanted to see the downfall of these people. And in such a scenario, his bitterness only grew and he had no way how he can come out of it. But instead, he begins to run from God. And the next one is Jonah's reluctance, reluctant repentance. When the sailors cast lots and it falls on Jonah, they ask for his identity. They ask for his Aadhaar card. They ask him, okay, what is your passport? Where do you come from? What is your citizenship? And very interesting, Jonah answers in chapter 1 and verse 9, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Amazing. He's running from God. He's saying, I'm worshiping the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. In name, he was worshiping. He was acknowledging God, but in his heart, he was not. Jonah acknowledges that God is the creator of the land and the sea. Please note that word, land and the sea, or sea and the dry land. He recognizes that God can catch him on the land and now on the sea also God can catch him. He never says God of heaven and earth. Normally they say that, but uh, the, uh, the people of, uh, the Jewish people say the God of heaven and earth, but here you find he's saying is God of the heaven, but who made the land and the sea. And now he is thrown into the sea. And if you read Jonah chapter 1 verses 15 and 16, the Bible say, then they took Jonah and threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm. What a surprise. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to God. Here you find that as soon as they threw him out, the sea becomes calm. I'm sure the people recognize, yes, it is God. It is because of Jonah. And they begin to offer sacrifices to God. And Jonah 1 and verse 17, the Bible says, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. God was very gracious to Jonah. Jonah could have drowned or he could have been eaten by sharks and killed mercilessly. But instead, the Bible says very clearly, the Lord provided a huge fish. And uh, that's why we call it as a whale. So let's call it as a whale. First, God sent the wind to disturb the ship. And when Jonah is thrown into the sea, God provides a whale. God knows how to get our attention. Every... <coughs> wind, every whale that comes our way, please understand, is not without reason, not because God hates us, not because God wants to destroy us. Never. God wants to get our attention so that we can return to him. And God was providing Jonah all these two, the wind and the whale. It is amazing how God works. 
and God, God is sending Jonah now to Nineveh for them to repent. And uh, if you read uh, later, you'll find how Jonah goes there. But before that, God had to deal with Jonah with his rebellious spirit. God wanted to change him. God wanted to transform him. This is not a prophecy about a nation or a message for someone and the repentance. More than that, I feel it is God dealing with his own child to get him in order or get her in order. The first thing, the sailors repent. Amazing. You know, I read uh, recently how the sailors repent. 117 or 116, they say, oh, no, we will worship God and they sacrifice to God. And now God is dealing with Jonah, but at the same time, he is opening the heart of the sailors. What a gracious God. It was like a father figure who had several rebellious sons and daughters. And he's dealing with each one of them in different, different ways. He was dealing with Jonah, but through that, he was also dealing with the sailors. And through this, God allowed Jonah to melt down. God allowed Jonah to melt down a little. And in chapter 2, we find Jonah's prayer of thanksgiving, but not a prayer of deliverance. You know, from 2 to 10, I'll just read it through you, and then we will concentrate on chapter uh, verse 2 and verse 7. From inside the fridge, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of death, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, O oh Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, will, I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I would, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Bible says, the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. What a beautiful prayer of thanksgiving, acknowledging that God is God. In his distress, in his darkness, in his depression, Jonah looks to God. And even from the midst of the dark places of the fish's stomach, he cries out and God could hear from heaven. I feel when God threw Jonah into the whale's stomach, God also walked in there to that place. Because if you read the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we find God was with them in that fiery furnace and in the lion's den. And here, I'm just supposing, I'm not saying it's biblical, I'm supposing that God would have walked into 
the whale's belly to be with Jonah. And when Jonah cried out, God heard. You see, the, each, you go through this chapter 2, the prayer of you know, thanksgiving of Jonah, more than the deliverance, it's acknowledging God's greatness. Look at chapter 2 and verse 2. In my distress, he said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. And he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. Can you and I find a greater love than this? Can you and I ever, ever, ever repay back to God for all the kindness he has done to you and me? And even from the fishes, Stomach, God hears and answers, and from the depth of the sea. And Jonah 2 7, he says, When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, O Lord, and my prayer rose to you to your holy temple. He calls upon God not just from a difficult situation, but from a hopeless situation. And the Bible says in Jonah 2.10, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah on dry land. Now, chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, you find God commands him to go to Nineveh and he obeys. Finally, he goes. But he only prophesies five words. Maybe he still did not reconcile his thought that the Ninevites can repent and receive forgiveness. He didn't want that to happen. So he just gives only five words in Hebrews in this prophecy is message. Have you any time heard a preacher praying only five words in a message? He preached for 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and we see very less results. But here you find he preaches in chapter 3 and verse 4. 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Only in the Hebrew, if you go through it, only five words. In English, the translation is so many words are there. And his message, I believe, was so cold. It does not mention what the people should repent from, like all the other prophets have done before or after, or nothing about God is mentioned. But God is a faithful God. And God had a heart for the people of Nineveh. And when you read very carefully, you find that the people of Nineveh repented. The people of Nineveh repented. We will go through that soon. And uh, but for Jonah, this was this seemed very wrong. It seemed very wrong, and he became angry with God. Uh, and also, this proves that Jonah repented, but not fully. He even worshipped in two nine, saying that, "But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I vowed. I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord." My dear brother, my dear sister, we are a rebellious people by nature in our heart. You and I have to really check our heart constantly. Jonah was a man of God, a servant of God, but he had years of bitterness embedded in his heart. He repents, he even worships, but his heart is not really happy with what God was doing. But God is patient. 
there was a rebellious teenage or daughter was breaking a mother's heart with all her wayward life and one day she gets into trouble she gets into trouble because she had uh, uh driving under drinking and uh, she was uh, into severe uh, police uh, problem and the police had caught her and taken her to the police station and given her a fine and finally the mother goes up and pays the fine and releases her and then she also gives her a gift the daughter is surprised mother has given a gift after me going to the police station she opens up that gift she unwraps and opens it and she finds a box and inside a box there was a rock a piece of rock the daughter takes the rock looks around and tells the mother what is this then the mother looks at her and says please read the card also so the daughter reads the card and as she read the card tears started to stream down the cheeks of the daughter and she reached out and embraced her mother the reason the card said this rock is more than 6000 years old that's how long it will take before i give up on you god broke through to us with an unrelenting and enduring love god patience god's love is amazing jonah could not have it the ninevites were evil the sailors also were evil but they all repent and come but here you find jonah still holding on to bitterness what it shows we go to god's rich mercy jonah's rebellion jonah's reluctant repentance and now god's rich mercy a sinful heart will fear god's punishment but a repentant heart will feel amazed at god's mercy my dear brother my dear sister each day of our life if we don't take time i'm not saying a set time and talking about constantly whole day if you're not going to be if we are not going to be thankful to god for the forgiveness we have received it means we have never understood the value of forgiveness the forgiveness that god gives us is out of his rich mercy jonah jonah chapter 1 14 to 16 the sailors repent then god makes here the prophet of a people of nineveh to repent you read here from jonah chapter 3 verses 5 to 10 the ninevites believe god that's how the chapter begins and the the, the 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 verse begins and a fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth when jonah's warning reached the king of nineveh he rose from his throne took off his royal robes covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust this is the proclamation he issued in nineveh by the decree of the kings and his nobles do not let people or animals herds or flocks taste anything do not let them eat or drink but let them eat, let people and animals be covered with sackcloth let everyone call urgently on god urgently on god urgently on god let them give up their evil ways and their violence who knows god may it relent and with compassion turn from their fierce anger 
so that we will not perish. When God saw that they did what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. King, nobles, citizens, animals, herds, and flocks, all of them abstained from food. All clothed themselves with sackcloth. They repent and turn to God. You know, it's really surprising how pagans would repent like that. When God works, when God acts, anything can happen. Anything can happen. We were praying for a revival. Every person was praying for a personal revival. Everyone was praying for a revival in the community. Everyone is praying for a revival in the city, in the nation. This should really encourage you and me. God acts and God will do it. God will do it. And God is powerful to do all this. And you find Jonah is angry. In chapter 4 and verse 2, the Bible says, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. He knew about God and he did not act on the knowledge of God. Instead, he wants to have a hard heart. He knew, but it, he fails to act the way God wanted him to act. In the direction of compassion and mercy, he fails to act. Jonah makes a shade for himself to sit and see what's going to happen. Only five words of the message and did not expect a wholesome transformation in that city. But they are repenting. They are repenting and God has not done anything. He was watching maybe fire and brimstone will come and destroy them. Nothing happened, but instead there's a wholesome repentance taking place. And um, you find that chapter 4 verses 5 to 8. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place in the city, in the east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. Verse 7, but at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. And you can read further how that plant withered and sun started to blaze and hurt Jonah's skin. And you know what Jonah says? He wanted to die and said, I would be better. It would be better for me to die than to live. Jonah is continuously angry. Why? He has not dealt with his bitterness in his heart. He has not dealt with his bitterness in his life. And in Jonah 4, verse, uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 9 to 11, the Bible, but Jonah said, to, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plan? You know what is answer? It is, he said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. Have any human being can speak like that? Here is a man who's speaking so horrible, horrible, arrogant against God. God is still merciful, patient, and God answers him for his anger and says, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend or make it grow, but sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city where there are 
120,000 people who cannot tell the right hand from the left and also many animals. God tells Jonah, Jonah, so many people are there. I want them to be saved. And the beauty is knew the number of the people there in that city. He gives an approximate figure and says 120,000 people. He knows our city. He knows us. He knows our families. He knows what we are going through. And all the world needs is his mercy. And unless we repent, unless we recognize God's power to bring revival over everyone, we will be miserable people. His mercy is great. And it defies explanation. A mother approached Napoleon for pardon for her son. He had, when she approached Napoleon, the great general, the general said, no, your son had done the same mistake twice and the justice has to be done and he has to die. The mother explained, I plead for mercy, not for justice. And then Napoleon said, but your son does not deserve mercy. And the mother replied, sir, I, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. And mercy is all I ask for. If he deserves mercy, he does not need mercy. He does not need it, but he needs mercy. That's why I give it to him. And the, and the story goes that Napoleon forgave that boy and told him to go. We have some beautiful and rich lessons from these three points. As I went through this over and over again, I felt I should club all these lessons together and go through it one by one for us to have an impact in our life, for it to have an impact in our life. Jonah's rebellion, Jonah's reluctant repentance and God's rich mercy. Several wonderful lessons. I pray that these things will change us, transform us, make us to appreciate God. The first one, we can serve God without our heart being aligned with his will. We can be a Christian without our hearts being aligned with his will. We can be a believer, but our hearts can still be rebellious. We, you and I have to check our heart. He was a prophet, but a man with so much anger, so much anger, bitterness, hatred, rebellion, disobedience. And also he was running away from God. Next one, our bitterness will make us to pay. It is not profitable. It will bring a loss to us. Jonah had to pay a price, take a ship and go to Tarshish. He has to be thrown into the sea. He had to see such struggles in his life. Bitterness will always catch us. Deal with bitterness before it deadens our conscience. He wanted death for the people of Nineveh or for himself. Either you kill Nineveh, people of Nineveh, or kill me. He's willing to die. Bitterness will kill us. Deaden our conscience. Destroy us. And our bitterness will make us to wish the worst for others. God does not 
hold grudges against us. The sailors received amazing pardon. People of Nineveh who are living in such wickedness received amazing pardon. Noah, Jonah, who ran away from God, rebelled against God. God did not hold grudge against him, still began to deal with him. God sent a great wind to begin the process of getting Jonah's attention. When winds begin to rock our ship, it will be very good to check why. Not all the wind that blow our ways are there to destroy us, harm us. But sometimes it is to teach us some extremely good lesson. Even if there is no sin involved, there is always a refreshing that takes place inside our soul. And when wind begins to rock our ship, let's check why the sailors had the wisdom to check why, what's happening. But Jonah was asleep, asleep. And we can check how is our attitude towards those who don't wish the best for us? Those who harm us. The Ninevites were waiting to destroy. Of course, after a few uh, years, they came and destroyed the Israelites. And later they were destroyed by the Babylonians. But one thing is important. We have to check our hearts. How it is towards the people who do not wish the best for us. Not everyone will wish the best for you, your family. Not everyone will be really truly happy when something good happens to you and to your family. When you see success, when you see blessings, when you see your life prospering, your ministry prospering, there will be people who will be jealous. There will be people who will even harm you. But for a child of God, we are given a heart, a, a heart to carry the message of God even to them. What message? Message of forgiveness. And unless I forgive the people who do not wish the best for me and who want to harm me, I will never be a blessing to take the message to them successfully. God in a sovereign mercy overruled Jonah's bitterness and anointed that message and blessed it for the people. No, we cannot run from God always. We can run for some time. We can run. But if God stops coming after us, we are doomed. Jonah ran. 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 If God has not gone after Jonah, Jonah would have gone to Tarshish. Been there, we don't know what would have happened. Or maybe he would have tossed in the sea and he would have died. We don't know. But God went after him. And Sometimes, when God is coming after us, let us not turn our back instead say, Lord, you're coming after me hard only because you love me, not because you destroy me. To, love, to show your love for me, to transform me, let's respond to God in love. Acknowledge and believe that God can see us and know us, whether we are in, the, in whichever situation we are, whether we are in the sea or in the land, wherever we are, whether we are in whale's belly, Let's acknowledge and believe that God can see us and knows us through and through. Note that there is hope for all in this world. Yes, come and take part in the mission's prayer. Take part in the community prayer. 
spend time praying there is hope for this world the pagan sailors repent people of nineveh repent god desires all to come to repentance and live no matter what we are and what we have done there is always hope when we turn to god in trust repentance and prayer when we turn to god in trust repentance and prayer there is hope for us god works in ways which are unique one of the amazing things that i've seen in the bible is no two miracles are just the same whatever miracles recorded in the bible each one is unique and different and here you find god is using a wind a whale and a worm to get jonas attention and to teach jonah a lesson look out let's look out for the wind in our lives the whale that comes our way that's swallowing us let's look out for the worm that is destroying our protection that's affecting our path and we can still safely trust him that he loves us never undermine the wind the whale and the worm that god sends our way and he speaks only five words and the whole city repents and as a servant of god and as a believer when you and i want to share the gospel we need not have to have a great message a big message but we need the hand of god and the anointing of god god sends him with a mission god gives him a lot of words to say but he i'm sure he used only five words but still god uses those words and in our ministry may we seek yesterday as i was praying last night i was uh, going through first corinthians chapter 2 paul says i teach preach with words which the holy spirit teaches amazing go through that and see he says i am preaching and teaching with words which the holy spirit is teaching and may we learn that and say lord even if i say few words to my neighbor to my friend about you let there be an anointing lord jonah's prayer for death did not take place you know sometimes people pray think you know they are, they are, they, are, they can provoke god saying lord take away my life god is not provoked by all that but god has been provoked by that and answer that prayer jonah would have died long back sometime god does not answer our prayers and let's be happy that he does not answer our prayers if an answer jonah's prayer something bad would have taken place god knows how to touch people's lives better than us he has got a way we need god more than he needs us we need god more than he needs us five more i wanted to give and then close soon god always has the last word the book end with god speaking let god have the last word in your situation go to god let's go to god take our pain bitterness take our struggles to him and let god give his final word upon the situation humans cannot sabotage sabotage the plan of god jonah thought i can do it jonah thought i can do but god's plan succeeded 
And no matter what situation you're in, no plan of the enemy can sabotage the plan of God. God overruled all that. He cares for his workers more than the work. As servants of God, remember, we all, all of us are servants of God, not just because we are pastors, all of us believers as a community, we are servants of God. And God wants to work in us more than the work we do for God. And God is full of compassion, is gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. Let this scripture passage from Jonah capture your attention and capture your heart. And last, finally, God is patient and is still offering hope for this world. Can we respond and say, Lord, let me not run from you, but run for you. Let me not run from you, but run for you. Lamentations 3, 23 to 24. Jeremiah cried out like this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They knew every morning, great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait. This is a statement of great trust and confidence in God and in God's compassion and faithfulness. But when did he say this? Can you know the background? You can see the background in the previous three verses, 19, 20, and 21. This is where he stated that statement. He said, I remember my affliction and my wandering and bitterness and the gall. I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. At this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. When he says that God is compassionate, God is faithful, when does he say that? He says, when my soul is downcast within me. Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish and came out to give us a message of hope. Came out to give the message of hope to very reluctantly though to the people of Nineveh. But we have Jesus who was three days in the grave. Rose up again from the dead and gave us a message of hope and God's abundant love for us to carry to the world. It is all about him. His compassion and love revealed on the cross. We can only respond to his matchless love and praise, worship and thanks. No matter how dark your situation is, I wanted to assure you, we can be transformed. You can be transformed. And God will use you and me to bless others. His love and compassions fail not. Jonah's bitterness was taking him down and down and down. He came to a level where he said, I'm willing to go to the grave. Not just to the sea, not just to, to the whale's mouth, but I'm willing to go to the grave. His bitterness drew them to that level, drew him to that level. But God's love was different. This story is a contrast of man's bitterness with God's abundant love for you, for me, for the world. And God wants us to respond only because of his love. There was a traveler who was making a way through the jungles of Burma. 
they came to a shallow but wide river and as they walked through waded through it and came out on the other side they found there was numerous leeches that got attached to the body of both uh, both a body and the legs of both of them the first reaction of the traveler was to pull out each of the leeks and throw it away and crush it and immediately the guide who was with him said stop don't do this why because when you pull it some of the pieces get stuck to your skin eventually infection will set in and you will die and he said the best way to get rid of the of your body of these leeches the guide said is to go have a nice bath with warm aromatic oil for a long time this would soak the leeches and soon they would release their hold on your body yes my dear brother my dear sister bitterness in our hearts can be like infection destroy slowly eat into and destroy there's only one way as the traveler as the guide said bathe yourself in water with aromatic oil for a long time i want to tell you constantly we can plunge our lives into the well of god's love and the blood of jesus and truly we will be free of all offense and we will have a heart to forgive others and there will be a transformation let's go off and say lord i cannot these leeches of bitterness can really destroy me instead you bathe me with your aromatic oil of your blood and i will be changed and when we can have that we will be able to carry this message of god's great love compassion mercy goodness to the ends of the world god is still dealing with you dealing with me transforming us and he wants to make us a blessing let's close our eyes and look to god in prayer amen oh the pastor sunny